Welcome to Saturday Morning Retrospective. And ladies and gentlemen, we are live with our second R24 Podcast Network podcast, Saturday Morning Retrospectives, uh, with your hosts, Adam Ronan and Boss Battle Gordy. Yo. Should I speak like this <laughs> the entire podcast? You should not speak like this the entire podcast. I just discovered, though, mm-hmm. if you'll take note, that when I speak like this, I, I have like a decent radio voice. Uh, you do. I'm like... It's like music to my ears. I'm like, you're listening to 106.7 KBPI Rocks the Rockies. Now another track from Five Finger Death Punch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, Gordy, let's get into the meat and potatoes. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. Saturday morning retrospective. This has gone through some iterations over time. It has gone through some iterations. The first time we did, uh, what was it? Saturday morning retrospective. The first thing was like a mini video that we did on the YouTube channel Mm -hmm. on Mad Balls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where I just gave a dissertation on Mad Balls. And then we're like, we could do more with this. Mm-hmm. So then we did like a very mini podcast where we recorded like a segment on our thoughts on X-Men that we mm-hmm. did. Uh, and then we did like some s- severe editing to make the video. <laughs> severe, severe. Severe editing. And uh, that was, and that, I feel like that did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was And great. then we're like, we could do better. Mm-hmm. We have the technology. We have the technology. Um, and we're like, how can we... So we relaunched the R24 uh, podcast network, as you know, because you're listening to it. With them, there's four of them, so there's Media Zushi. Then we thought, let's turn Saturday Morning Retrospective into a podcast where it'll be me and Gordy, and we're just going to talk about retro stuff, all themed around. Each episode will have a... Um, a cartoon or toy line from mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. 80s or 90s that and then we just kind of spin off tell stories about our youth and just we retrospect on the past yeah yeah um and each one will we'll just we're just kind of going to goof off with about a cereal i know we had a cereal here this cereal that it says placeholder oh, so i feel we like did. i forgot to note what the cereal was going to be um <laughs> but I, you, i'm going to put some, that right there yep you got oh mr mr t oh okay all right Beautiful. All right. So this. Uh, so that's that's a Saturday morning retrospective. Yes, that's it. That's the whole um, thing. So this episode of Saturday morning retrospective is brought to you by a cereal of the days of yore. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the cereal you've decided to pick. Um, well, I picked Mr. T cereal, if you recall. <laughs> I, I see that. Uh, not Quisp. Not Quisp. And not S'mores, which is not my s'mores. go-to cereal every time. No, no, not S'mores. Um, uh, I don't have a, like a fond recollection of Mr. T cereal. You know, I picked it because it was such a striking um, like uh, campaign, if you will. Like Mr. T cereal, that's not something you forget. And uh, have you ever seen the Mr. T commercials? I mean, this yeah. was an early, I, mean, I remember old school. I cereal. pity the fool almost. <laughs> I pity the fool that has never tried. What those. was it? Did so. You're going to have to tell me because I'm not seeing it. I'm not looking at it. You're going to just tell me off the top of your brain. Was it like marshmallows and shit like cereals were? If I remember correctly, because I haven't even looked at it, I just chose this arbitrarily off the top of my head thinking mm-hmm. what was a really recognizable cere- uh, cereal from either our childhood or in that time frame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. T popped right into my head. I remember, uh, I remember the cartoon footage in one of the commercials from the Mr. T cartoon. And uh, I think it was like Captain Crunch. I, oh, I could. I, I fucks with the crunch. <laughs> you <laughs> you gunsty eat the crunch. You gunsty eat the crunch. <laughs> you gunsty eat the crunch. Um, 
I, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember Mr. T. I mean, I have a real fond recollection of cereals from back then because, mm-hmm. like, that was the thing. I don't know what kids are like now because they're, like, real shitty and they suck. <laughs> but I don't know what um, rituals kids go through now. Like, are cereals in the morning before you go to grade school and middle to, school? To like yoga the, class the and thing. then to grade school? Yeah, but now they're, like, parents are, like, you got to eat your kale chips and shit. Yeah. Like, are kids enjoying cereal like we did back in the 80s and 90s? I don't know if they are. Um, I certainly know that the cereal campaigns have dropped off they because, have. you know, sugar. Yeah, it's like the campaign against everything that made us who we are now yeah. is... The, the campaign against the campaign. everything that made us diabetic and fat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speak for yourself, buddy. Mm. I'm not diabetic. Normal, but I am fat. Thank God. Yeah, we are fat. No. Um, well, that's cool. Um, let's tell me. Let, let's dig into the, the the overarching theme of our debut episode of the podcast version of Saturday Morning Retrospective. So it'll be a cartoon or show uh, and toy line that we mentioned before, and we thought it's appropriate to start with one of the cornerstones of every '80s child's boy child because there wasn't. A there wasn't a, a female audience because the, there was no the marketing thing, for The it. thing about the 80s and 90s for you younger listeners that you need to understand is back then, there wasn't such a uh, campaign for equality and SJW thing that happens now where everything had to be like, it's got to be for boys and girls. It's, everything was very like, this is for boys. This is for girls. Barbie is for girls. Uh, sh- uh, short... Um, pumpkin patch kid. No, um, <laughs> strawberry shortcake. Strawberry, strawberry shortcake. shortcake is for girls, you yeah, know, right. and it, it was like, yeah, these are girls stuff. Yeah. These are boy shows. These are boy cartoons. And it was, it was it. There was no problem with it. It was like, it, it didn't come down to anything political. It was all marketing and they just kind of know, I don't know if, I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. Did they manufacture what girls like, or did they pay attention to the natural inclination of girls versus boys and market to what appeals to them? I think it's a mixture of both. And back then, yeah, they didn't bring politics into it. It was like, it was hey, basically this like, is how are we going to sell this these toys? Stuff. Yeah. It, it yeah. was as toy companies were like, because now kids are all about their iPads and mm-hmm. their phones. Back then, it was. Because we're zenials, you know? We are we zenials. We grew up in an analog day as children and live as adults in a digital in a digital world, which yeah. is, I think is cool. But mm-hmm. back then, it was just like toys, you know? And then so toys ruled the, uh, the world. And even like our video games, like, I mean... <sighs> It was a different kind of experience, especially when we're very young or in the years leading up to our births. Um, video games were very much, you had to use your imagination on these things because it was yep. oh, a yeah. dot on a black screen. Oh, yeah. Fucking E.T., man. Yeah. It was just looked like a twisted penis pixel. Which is still a terrible experience for those of you that never played E.T. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why it was buried in a dump, every copy that existed. Yeah. Um, but um, so... Based on that, the boy things, one of the things, when you think of boy toy lines and cartoons, when you were a kid, you think of things like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. But we're looking even further back Mm -hmm. to what I think is some of the pinnacle of uh, 80s toy lines and Mm -hmm. 80s cartoons. We are talking G.I. Joe. A real American hero. G.I. Joe is there. 
Yeah. That was the shit. Oh my god. I have a tattoo. If you're looking at this, if I've decided to cut this part into a video, you can see <laughs> that I have a tattoo. A tattoo. Yeah. Um, G.I. Joe was instrumental not only in shaping us as people, mm-hmm. toy line and cartoon, but it was instrumental in our friendship because so many of us, our memories are based around something with G.I. Joe's, be it the cartoon or the toys. Anything, and we'll get into some of that. Yeah, um, definitely. If you are uninitiated, Gordy and I have been friends for 30-plus years now. Yeah, holy cow. Very close friends. That's weird. Are we close, though? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's very strange to think about. Like, yeah. we're, like if a person has grown up, lived a life, and died in the time that we've been friends. Yeah. Several people. Yeah, unfortunate people. Yeah, but, I mean, that sucks. We, yeah. They died. You, at Mega. a young age, apparently. But um, so anyway, uh, if we go back, so let's talk. Let's dig into GI Joe. Let's talk about the history of the franchise first. All right. GI Joe did not start in the eighties. GI Joe actually started in the sixties. Am I am I correct? You are quite correct. Um, and to be exact, nineteen sixty four, GI Joe uh, started as a twelve inch toy line. It was initially going to be for some TV show, an army TV show that had one season. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it luckily they decided to make it its own identity because if it had not, when that show ended, the toy line would have ended. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and this is back, back in the sixties, this is back when everybody was smoking and print ad (laughs) was crazy with mad men and stuff. And um, everybody was going to war, drafted it into war and you were just expected to die. Um, (laughs) So this was marketed (laughs) to kids, I guess, to prepare them for war i don't Uh, know (laughs) uh it was so it was marketed to kids um i do believe that uh vietnam soured uh the realism that they were going for with these toys Mm -hmm. uh and so well what year was vietnam i want to say like 68 but i don't know it was like are we dumb it was we all were super dumb yeah uh it was after the launch of the gi joe line though right uh, it has to be. Obviously. Because uh, Korean War was so... Yeah, so see. you know some things. Um, do you know how to spell Vietnam? No, I don't. Yeah, oh, I do. <laughs> I spelled it right. Okay, uh, so Vietnam... The 70s, right? Oh, started wow. Started in the 70s. November no. 1st, 1955 through April 30th, 1975. Oh, shit. That long? Yeah. So bad. That's yeah. crazy. Okay, well, so then G.I. Joe was privy to like smack dab in the middle of the Vietnam. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Um, so then, so they launched at these 12 inch figures mm-hmm. that were fully posable for uh, young boys and mm-hmm. um, kind of did their thing. They came out with like Navy, Army, all kinds of different branches of the military, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, then what? Okay. So we had that. They, they kind of got soured. Mm-hmm. So we got like, there was an iteration where it was like a superhero thing and it was awful. It was a dark time for G.I. Joe. The dark days. Um, but uh, I think everything changed uh, I, right here in my notes when CEO of Hasbro and Jim Golden from Marvel met in a bathroom. Oh, right. They were taking a, just a fatty boombalati piss. Yeah. And uh, like they were straight up just urinating. Like human beings do. <laughs> like human beings. And uh, it led, one thing led to another. And, uh, uh, you know, Jim kind of brought the franchise to Marvel, uh, generally To speaking. create comic books. Yeah, to create comic books. And um, it looks like uh, a fellow named Larry Hama of Marvel was working mm-hmm. on um, 
a Nick Fury themed comic book where Nick Fury and a team were fighting Hydra. Oh yeah. Does this, right. does this basic shape sound familiar it to does. you? It does. It sounds like the it, Avengers. <laughs> but uh, essentially what happened, and this was in the, er, this was in the eighties, uh, pre 1982. Um, essentially what happened was Nick Fury um, was taken over by, they replaced him with GI Joe mm-hmm. and Hydra with Cobra and, uh, and thus G.I. Joe was born in its current G.I. Joe was there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then, so what you were alluding to, though, was in 1982, um, we had a launch. At first, the toys were 12 inches, but this relaunched line was how Relaunched line. They were three inches and three quarters. Now, this is significant because three and three quarter inch toys were at the pinnacle of popularity. Yeah. Be- well, because uh, 1977, mm-hmm. when Kenner launched uh, the Star Wars line, it was uh, the first instance of three and uh, three quarter inch figures. Um, and it's interesting to note if we go back to Star Wars, do you know how they decided on the scale of the figures? I'm dying to know. I'll tell you. And in fact, uh, I'll encourage you to watch the toys that made us on Netflix. Oh. Uh, but um, so when they were creating the Kenner figures, Mm-hmm. They said, well, how big should our scale be? And the, it was probably the CEO of Kenner or whatever. Um, the CEO of Kenner just said, this big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just pulled up his fingers and they measured it oh to three gosh. and three quarters and that was it. Oh, that's perfect. And, uh, and that was it. And then, so that became just this huge phenomenon for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And um, then from there, once... Uh, Star Wars was there in 1980. This was right before Return of the Jedi was about to come out. Mm-hmm. So the toy lines were still incredibly hot. And then, boom, they were like, G.I. Joe, let's rebrand, relaunch G.I. Joe with the same uh, uh, size and scale as Star Wars. Okay. And they launched with 13 figures, Duke and Scarlet and Snake Eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that, Dude, the rest that is was, history. That was, that's history. From there... Memories and dreams and experiences were made. Um, Memories and dreams. So the first thing I want to talk about is to note that these this toy line lasted from 1982 to give or take about what was 1996 ish. What do you have? Uh, there? So uh, 82 to 94. 94. Producing well over 500 figures. 500 figures. Now, when we were kids, I thought to myself, "We've got so many GI Joes." Yeah. Probably, if we're thinking back to it, a cumulative between the two of us, we probably had like 40 GHOs, yeah, yeah. which is crazy because 500 figures is a lot of figures. That's a lot. Now, obviously, in 1982, I was but a fetus. I was born in April of 1992. Nope. I was born in April of 1982. <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't playing with these toys until maybe 1984, so mm-hmm. well into the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're a year older than me. Mm-hmm. A year and a month, a year and a week. I can't think about time. Yep. And um, so, let's. What would? What do you, you think your first experience with was? Was it toys? Was it the show? Toys. Uh, so, do we want to jump into the toys right now? Well, let's. Oh no, first, you're right. You're right. 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 Okay. Let's talk about. Let's, let's back up. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> to talk about the toys. So. Let's talk about the show. So when they rebanded the the toy line, now was it toy line? And then they're like, we need to sell these toys. So let's make animations. Animation. They're trying to sell those comics. They're trying to sell those toys. Mm -hmm. Uh, They made some uh, short cartoon videos to advertise for the 
uh, comic books, but it, back then there were strict guidelines on um, what kind of what could be in a toy commercial. Like little kids had to be playing with it; they couldn't have cartoon in it. So uh, that kind of worked as a commercial for the toys as well, and then the launch point for the cartoon itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so they produced these thirty-second commercials to advertise for the comic book that mm-hmm. were just gorgeous animations, and they're like, let's extend that to sell these to sell toys i i think so that's my theory i think that it was a let's because it was they launched in um what year was it the cartoon 1985 right no the the initial cartoon was like 1983 i think oh you're right 1983 and and they launched with two miniseries two miniseries so when you think miniseries Mm -hmm. in the 80s you think oh they're launching a toy line (laughs) you know so uh it was probably a, a campaign for a toy line, but you know, it, it, in and of itself, there was the two uh, mini five point mini series, and then an actual like one or two seasons of the TV show, mm-hmm. which totaled ninety plus ish episodes, yeah, spanning yeah. between nineteen eighty three to nineteen eighty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally right. <sighs> Man, such fond memories of that show. Now I know that as of we are now, you don't have a lot of recollections of the actual show right i you know once we discussed this recently like we're like had to be gi joe because it's such an integral part of our childhood Mm -hmm. we literally had vocabulary based around gi joe so um i was thinking back to it i can't remember much Uh, i loved it when i was a kid but i just don't remember i remember i was so young i remember specifically um going to the video store and mm-hmm. they'd have like episode segments and stuff mm-hmm. on videotape, renting those and taking them home. And I remember just the next day, there was like certain moments in my life when I'd, I would stay home sick from school, mm-hmm. not being sick. But there was this <laughs> one instance I remember, I can't remember what grade I was in. It had to be first grade probably. Mm-hmm. And I was just so deathly ill. And I stayed home from from school and my mom went and rented me uh a couple of the the tapes mm-hmm. and I just remember just watching the tapes all the way through and then restarting them all the way through just binge watching the same like four or five episodes all oh, day long wow. while I was just laying on the couch just <laughs> withering and dying and I was like sick and I remember then I went to sleep and then I was like throwing up through the night and I just laid in the bed as the sun was coming or on the couch as the sun was rising and I just pop the VHS tape in again and just press play and just lay down and quivered and watch G.I. Joe. And that's my the first thing that pops in my mind when I think of the cartoon. The second oh, wow. thing that pops in my mind is the movie that released, what do you got? Uh, the movie released in 1987. Okay. So this is more fresh in my mind because mm-hmm. obviously we were a little older. The movie did not come out in theaters. It was originally supposed to come out in theaters because, and then they switched it to become like a five episode uh, like miniseries on TV mm-hmm. because the year before that they'd launched the uh, movie of Transformers, which did not sit well with children watching uh-huh. Optimus Prime, spoiler alert, <laughs> die. Yeah. And then um, I remember when we were kids, this is the reason the movie stands out to me because we were always like, I don't know. We were like more with it. Like I'm not trying mm-hmm. to like talk shit about 
kids then and now, but mm-hmm. we were like better than all those kids. <laughs> way better. Way better. Way cooler. Because <laughs> we had imaginations, and but when we were playing, like our story arcs and stuff when we were playing with toys always had like violence and drama, stuff that, I don't know, it just seems like it was more than just beating some plastic together. Yeah. But we were always like always so depressed about the cartoons never having violence, mm-hmm. and never having like the, the, the gunshots never landed. No one ever, ever actually got the shots off. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about the G.I. Joe movie was they were to kill off Duke, and Duke got fucking stabbed through the heart with the snake staff from Serpentor. Yeah. And blood was like gushing out, and I remember being like, yes, this is what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> Give me that blood and gore, because my parents had a VHS store that they owned, so I was like, I also simultaneously grew up with horror movies, mm-hmm. as you know, so I was well-versed in the violence. Um, well-versed. Well-versed, and something that you wouldn't see kids enjoying now today, because God forbid they look away from their kale chips yeah their kale chips yeah and they don't have movies like that anymore but i remember that i remember um the the duke thing and being so stoked they didn't kill him off he like they had that they added in like the dub line of him being in a coma so the kids weren't traumatized by another beloved uh male protagonist character being killed off Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. optimus prime like optimus prime um but that's what i remember most and then also and i haven't seen this movie since probably like 1993 or something Mm mm-hmm then Gloopius, Gloopius. <laughs> which is a weird yeah, name. Yeah, it's a weird about. name. Gloopius and... Um, Gloopius Enforcer, I think no. was his name. No, Nemesis no, Nemesis Enforcer. 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 Yeah, Gloopius and Nemesis Enforcer, <laughs> servants of Serpentor. Yes. Um, I can't remember the story arc with them, but I remember, we're, I'm side-noting to the toys, going to Walgreens. Mm-hmm. And finding the three-pack that had Gloopius, Nemesis Enforcer, and one of the weird bug soldiers. Oh. And I was like, oh my god, they made toys off of the movie. Yeah. And my grandma bought them for me. And then we played with them significantly. Oh. But that's, oh, I, yeah. I don't remember the storyline with Gloopius and stuff. <laughs> and uh, But I remember thinking, this is really cool. And Serpenter was like a super cool villain. Serpentor and I, I remember, awesome. and I'm not looking up notes or anything, but I think that Serpentor and his cool... Hover, spaceship hovercraft were like mail away things you couldn't buy them like in stores oh wow i had a friend who had that so was his name scotty anderson no 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 it was uh, another friend named daniel he had the i don't remember what the set place that was but it was the big round one with all the sentry guns pointing outward mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. huge one yeah. and he had all of the he had serpentor and everything oh bastards yeah um yeah, so that was so. Do you remember much from that movie? Uh, I do. I remember more from a little bit more from the movie than I do from the cartoon. I mean, I remember watching the cartoon when I was a kid, uh, maybe after school or something on a channel or something so like that's, that. That's one thing is we call this Saturday morning retrospective, but GI Joe I think was not a Saturday morning thing. It was an after school thing. Yeah, I think so. Saturday um, morning cartoons were very prevalent, but. This particular cartoon and stuff like, um, I don't remember if... uh, Well, they did have... There was another formula in here, too. There was the Saturday morning, every Saturday morning, and then... Well, Saturday mornings were generally, like, the new episodes of shows, and after school were the reruns, right? Reruns, and so when it got, like, enough seasons, it would be after school. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I want to talk about something with the cartoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Something that I always thought was so cool was Cobra Commander. Mm-hmm. And if we take out 
the aspect that this was a cartoon. Really, this was just about fucking terrorists, <laughs> which is weird to <laughs> yeah, think about. Yeah. But uh, Cobra Commander, I always thought was so cool because there was three significant iterations of Cobra Commander. There was Cobra Commander with the, just the silver mask, mm-hmm. who was cool. Then there was Cobra Commander with like the chrome mm-hmm. helmet that had like you could see his eyes and he had like the breathing sockets, very Darth Vaderish. Mm-hmm. And then there's Cobra Commander with the with the blanket over his face or whatever. Yeah, the hood. <laughs> the hood. Um, I always thought that those just the intricacies there. And I don't remember how like the different costumes played in the story, but it was so cool to me. And I always thought that Cobra commander was so awesome. However, looking back on things, I like to call this the, uh, Skeletor syndrome. Yeah. Skeletor. All eighties cartoon villains had Skeletor had it. Cobra commander had it. Shredder had it where they were just bumbling fucking twats. Even if they weren't (laughs) like they were this really cool, badass character. Um, like in modern movies, for instance, maybe some Star Wars movies or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, some classic awesome villains fall into the Skeletor Club because th- all they do is they lose. They just lose over and over again. And I think maybe that's why the whole Duke and Serpenter thing stands out so much to me from mm-hmm. the cartoon because it was like, Holy so, crap. Yeah, it was like, holy shit. They're, yeah. they're stabbing the guy. Consequences. <laughs> Consequences for just shooting machine guns at each other over and over again. Someone's got to die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the and they all had like weird high-pitched screeching voices. Uh, the bad guys? Yeah, the Skeletor. Oh, yeah. yeah. And for Man. Skeletor and then... He-Man. Uh, and uh, Cobra Commanders always sounded like he was like choking on a weird, grady penis. <laughs> you know, he's always like, Come on! You know? yeah, he had that, that scream voice, like star scream. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and shredder, poor shredder. And um, shredder. I can't, yeah. the, the fresh prince guy, uncle Phil, he was shredder. No way. You didn't, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you're fanning surprise. That's funny. Um, so yeah, the, the 80, it, it's, it's interesting. And this, um, we, we're probably not even going to touch on the goddamn movies that came out in like 2009. Yeah, let's let's skip but, on that. Um, fucking jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt and becoming Cobra Commander. Ah, uh, God. Yeah, man, what I wouldn't give for like a real. They they did better with the second movie. Yeah, they, I mean there was some improvement. At least Cobra Commander had a silver mask. For the but, ten like, minutes he was in the movie, if uh, like, and there was a good segment of the movie that was basically Transformers. I would have rather had Transformers be in it than. Mm. Although I'm not fond of those movies, yeah. if you know me, yeah, uh, well, you know, know with you. those like super suits. Yes, you're yeah, right. Uh, I so, forgot about the super yeah. suits. Yeah, my super suit. Um, so let's dig in a little bit to uh, what we really want to talk about. Okay. Here. Okay. So there was the cartoon. We mm-hmm. love the cartoon. Mm-hmm. We all had our experiences with it. You know, we know that we, the, you know, the song and everything. Uh, but let's talk about those toys. Oh, let's talk about the toys. Okay. So obviously, like we mentioned, we launched in uh, 1982 with 13 line uh, figures and then just kind of sprouted from there. Every year they would release new figures along with the show, reiterations of old figures. There was mm-hmm. like 30 different versions of Snake Eyes, some of which were some of the coolest figures ever. I ever had. In fact, I have a specific memory of the Snake Eyes figure that uh-huh. we both had. Uh, are you t- Wait, Snake Eyes 1 or Snake Eyes 2? Are, are you Snake t- Eyes 2. Uh, with the goggles? With the gogs. Okay. The silver gogs and the silver knives crossing uh-huh. on his chest. Yeah. Because uh, we went to Walmart mm-hmm. with my mom. 
and we were wandering through the toil, and there they were, and we could not have imagined a cooler figure. Uh-huh. And my mom bought us, bought them both for us, the same figure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do. Remember it's cool because this. we had different GI Joes. We yeah. never had like the same ones, but that was the one we both had the same of. Do you do you remember your first GI Joe? I don't. I don't really remember. Um, they were just kind of there. They mm-hmm. just kind of like appeared, and I had a ton of them. Yeah, I I've been trying to think back, trying to figure out, and I think. So my neighbor was having a garage sale and his older brother had a bunch of G.I. Joe's. Which neighbor is this? Uh, Scotty. Yeah, I want to talk about Scotty. <laughs> and so uh, his older brother had, these were, had to be like wave two or three. Mm-hmm. Bef- I had played with them before. My neighbor had that original box. Uh, like it was a, like a shoe, not a shoe box, but like more shallow. And it came with all the original toys. Mm-hmm. He had that. I'd played with those, but, and it had the twins and, and that original lineup. The twins. My first wasn't from that line. I wanted snake eyes with the Knight's helmet, but he wouldn't trade me or the amount of money I had and the toys I had to trade wasn't good enough. I did end up trading away like yeah, you, a mad ball or something. You got that snake eyes though i did eventually get them but uh, the very first one i think was a scuba diving um uh, cobra oh the the red one we were talking about earlier no no not the red one that was one of my first figures but uh it was a blue or something like that so my first one was from a garage sale yeah the thing about scotty that is most memorable other than like some of his quotes yeah yeah but um (laughs) is there were certain kids that were like around a neighborhood that had everything. Yeah. Um, and not in the neighborhood, but even like at school, like there was a kid that we went to school with named Kelly Tripto. He had my Holy grail. He had the, the, the T-Rex. Oh, he, from had Dino T-Rex. he had the T-Rex. He had uh, the, the Ghostbusters dick. proton packs. Uh-huh. Uh, he had everything. And I feel like Scotty was one of those kids that even though if you had a lot of cool toys, yeah. Scotty and these other kids had all of the other cool toys, plus the ones you had that you couldn't get. These were the kids whose parents had a satellite dish in their backyard. They had more than nine channels. Yeah. <laughs> and they had, uh, you know, a laser disc player or whatever. When that, or not a, back then it was like Betamax player. Mm, yeah, Betamax, laser disc stuff, stuff. Yeah. So you could tell their, their, like, their wealth or, or like whatever. Their dads were higher up positions at HP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Scotty always somehow seemed to have an abundance of extra G.I. Joe's. Yeah. And I, I don't, I like, this probably isn't how it was, but I recall Scotty seeming like a door-to-door salesman going door-to-door with like a new, he'd open up like his jacket and have like a, like a, <laughs> a whole bunch of them hanging there, like watches. Yeah, like exactly, like a whole bunch of, and I remember um, he came over one day and he's like, showed me like a bunch of G.I. Joe's that I didn't have that I wanted so bad. Mm-hmm. And he had Zartan. And oh. I wanted Zartan so bad. Zartan with his color did. changing face and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I'll, I want Zartan. And I don't remember what I had to do or what kind of weird favors I had to do. Uh-huh. But I ended up getting Zartan from Scotty. And it was like so, so fucking cool with his color changing body. And I don't know why I never just got it from the store. It seemed yeah. like maybe it was hard to find. I don't think he came by himself. If I remember correctly, that was one of the toys my brother had. I was not allowed to touch it. And he had a um, motorcycle-like thing that looked like a speeder bike from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I was just like, that was off limits. <sighs> Man, yeah. And Scotty supplied me with Zartan. Scotty also supplied me with a Snake Eyes figure. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what else, but, man, there was just those kids. Uh, 
I th- these are the kids that had USS flag. I don't think Scotty had USS flag. Uh, but no, but he there had some was nice stuff. kids like Kelly Triptoe probably had uh, the flag. He had USS flag. USS flag was to date still the absolute biggest toy playset that mm-hmm, has ever mm-hmm. existed for kids to play with. At the time, it was retailed for mm-hmm. US $199, which to me you and me doesn't sound that crazy. No. But back then 200 bucks was like your dad's got to be making fat stacks, fat making stacks. like $30,000 a year <laughs> to afford a $200 toy for your kid. Yeah. So nobody had this. I never ever even once seen it in life. None of the kids that we knew had it. Mm-hmm. This was like the thing above the things that all the rich kids had. Yeah. This was a 7-foot aircraft carrier that was like almost one to one scale with your figure, <laughs> seven foot playset. If you can yeah. imagine, yeah, that's a ridiculous playset. If I could be so bold to say, you can be so bold. I can be so bold to say. Um, but there was significant. And what was cool is like so the four, the three and three quarter inch figures mm-hmm. were also accompanied with just a slew of amazing V Hicks. Okay, mm. the V his the Visney Hickles, two hundred fifty in total. Really, yeah. V Hickles. That's what it says, roughly. Hmm. Okay, so it could be like two forty nine. Could, could be two fifty one. Two fifty one. Yeah, who could say? Um, I want to just take a minute to pour out a metaphorical forty for the killer whale. The killer whale was <laughs> a speeder boat playset that was really big. It was like I don't know, like maybe a, like a foot and a half, two feet diameter. Yeah, it was huge. with like <laughs> squishy. Stuff like yeah, the things that would like float. Yeah, it was like it was a, like a hovercraft. It was hovercraft. A hovercraft if that's what I'm thinking of. I had the killer whale, and mm-hmm. it was sick. This, this was came out in 1984, discontinued in 1986, if I recall. And I remember playing it with it in the bathtub. It was like this thing. All my guys would like fight. And it was just like this. It was so goddamn cool. And then <laughs> this is oh, my like my heart's breaking right now, telling you this story that you've mm-hmm. heard a thousand times. But you've only heard it now just for this first time. My dad and my mom committed absolute war crime travesties to my life. And for some reason took it to the dump, the the, the waste <laughs> management dump, and, and, and along with all the family junk and got rid of it. And I remember being so devastated, just absolutely devastated. Uh-huh. And I remember like just screaming and crying that we go back to the oh, dump wow. and dig it up. And for years of my life after that moment, uh-huh. I knew that it was there. My killer whale was just deep within the bowels of trash. Uh-huh. And I always, even to this very day, if me and my dad are doing a project and want to go to the dump, uh-huh. I'm like, my fucking killer whale's in here somewhere. <laughs> and I will dig until we find it. And of course, my dad doesn't remember on account of he doesn't, it's just a selective memory of shit that matters to me. <laughs> but, you know, I will continuously to, this very day to make my mom feel like shit about it. I'd be like, yo, remember Halo. when you fucking ruined my life? <laughs> um, yeah, dude. What about you? Do you have any of the vehicles? Oh, dude, that's a terrible story, by the way. Yeah. It's heart-wrenching. It's upsetting. Yeah. It's um, the worst thing that could ever happen to a human being. We all had it happen with one toy or another, and it's I know. just heartbreaking. What was your lost toy that you wished that you could stab your parents to death over? Actually, I can't think of anything other than uh, the, I... I suspected that they threw away some of the Silverhawk toys, but I can't prove it. So, you know, that, that would have to be the one. Shoot and ask questions later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, but, uh, 
I had a couple of the vehicles actually, but I don't remember what they were. One was like a Jeep or something. And then of course my brother had, and actually I say I had loosely because I'm pretty sure they were my brother's. Um, and he had, of course, Zartan's uh, mm-hmm. hover bike, which mm-hmm. is like the only, it was the object of my desire when I was a kid. Two things I thought was were the, the hover bike things. your T, your Dino Rider T-Rex? I would say the, uh, actually not that hover bike, but the, um, the Endor hover bike from Star Wars was, that was, bike. yeah, speeder What's bike. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that was it, dude. I wanted that so bad. I thought it was the coolest thing in existence. And it was. Oh, yeah. It was cool. And we played We played with that like it was going out of style. Oh, yeah, we did. When the relaunch came out in 95. 95. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, in fact, if I can just side note, yeah. the speeder bike from Star Wars in the relaunch in 1995 was the one and only toy I've ever put on layaway and successfully then purchased. Oh, wow. I put it on layaway because that was yeah. when you could do that. Yeah. And I just... Put, it wasn't very expensive. It was like 25 bucks, 20 bucks maybe, but I put like two weeks of allowance into it. Every, <laughs> That's every cool. allowance I would go you and put remember on. that when kids got allowance and they bought their own toys? Mm-hmm. And now instead of being like, mom, give me your credit card. I want to download this game. Yeah. Me, my trust fund. My, my trust fund. <laughs> my trust fund. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I didn't have many of the vehicles. I didn't have as many toys as you. Yeah. Well, uh, here's the, th- the thing though. I feel like you really got shafted in just the sense that your parents had like 30 kids before you. Yeah, like 60 kids. And you were like the last one. They were just like, eh. It was like my house was like, if you've ever seen Oliver Twist, I'd like have to crawl on my knees up and like beg for food. And I was like an orphan hiding under the stairs, you know, getting shanked. And it was, it was, it was, it was Did a, Oliver Twist get shanked? We all spoke with uh, British accents. It was a hard, hard life. Hard knock life. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, I do feel like you didn't get like a lot of toys because at that point, I feel like your parents were just like, eh. Just, we're over it. We're over buying toys for kids. <laughs> that, and they, they were stretched a little bit thin. I mean, my dad worked for, you know, mm-hmm. multiple computer companies, and my mom was a registered nurse, and that wasn't enough to, you know, even take care of all of us, a house and well, it's like cars. It's like Lisa says in the room, the computer industry is very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Or is it the banking industry? Yeah. <laughs> Where are we? Um, yeah, so... Uh, when it comes to, to G.I. Joe vehicles, I didn't have, I can't really think of any more that I had other than the killer whale that my parents stole out, ripped out of my arms and mm-hmm. beat me to death with um, until 1993, maybe four, mm-hmm. when Star Wars or when G.I. Joe got repurposed for Mortal Kombat figures. Mm. And then I got like the Mortal Kombat versions yeah. of their vehicles like the Kano motorcycle and stuff. I had those. Oh uh, yeah. I don't really remember having many G.I. Joe vehicles because I think we like repurposed other vehicles when mm-hmm. we were playing. Absolutely. I remember playing with the Jurassic Park Jeep. Uh-huh. It was like for five inch figures, but with G.I. Joe's so yeah. it was like an oversized Jeep, but it didn't matter. Yeah, movie size figures for sure. Uh we would always take vehicles from other stuff and you know, just about anything like the bat the Batmobile. Oh, the Batmobile. You remember yeah, the Batmobile? That was perfect. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
and then Captain Power, uh, the gun mm-hmm. ship that from Captain Power, it was like a. It was that was perfect because here's the thing about the Kenner revolution for Star Wars figures is that mm-hmm. three three quarter inch line then just like sparked a revolution after that was so popular and then GI Joe was so popular everybody started doing like that scale of figures so then, oh, yeah. yeah captain power stuff like that um so mask, you could like maybe mask was smaller, smaller? Mask was oh, okay. like two inch figures but two, it, yeah. it sparked a revolution yeah. in a in that in yeah, rough small, scale. yeah. Oh, mask was sick we should do an episode on mask absolutely and a mini episode on captain power because i don't know how we could talk about captain yeah, power like for the one minutes. vhs tape for 30 <laughs> it was, minutes. yeah it was a very short-lived thing yeah um i think i now have like almost the whole line of captain power stuff out of like three things Oh, I wow. just need the bad guy bird, bird, bird? vehicle, vehicle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Bird. Yeah. Um, <sighs> well, uh, I mean, we've run the gambit. We've run the gambit. Uh, we should touch base on one little detail, though. Tell me. Uh, Tell me. It, it, just to kind of um, show how much it impacted our lives, GI Joe toys specifically, mm-hmm. but we did, you know, love the cartoon um, and even eventually comics. Uh, from in a later year. In later years, yeah. yeah. Because I've been soaking up G.I. Joe merchandise now as an adult with a Furious. income. With an income, <laughs> I'm like, uh. so like when G.I. Joe had its 25th anniversary back in 2009, when they relaunched like newly sculpted figures, I bought all of those. I started buying all the comics and, you know, like I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, when we were kids, you know, we played, we role played, and we we approached a little differently. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, we yeah. didn't. Here's how it affected our lives. We even didn't even call toys toys. Nope. We didn't say figures. We didn't say toys. We didn't say transformers. Whatever. Mm-hmm. We said Joes. That's right. When we got together to play, see, here's the thing. Gordy and I were very interesting, and we'll probably circle back on this notion several podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. But it's we're gonna lay the groundwork here. Gordy would come over and, mm-hmm. and we would be like, we're going to, let's play. And the first thing we would decide was, are we doing bods? Bods. Or Joes. Joes. And that meant bods. Are we. Role play. Playing with our bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Role playing. Like acting out scenarios. Yeah. yeah. Or Joes was like, or are we going to play with figures? And it didn't matter what kind of figure. It could be like, are we going to play Batman with Batman toys? Mm-hmm. That was playing Joes. Yeah. You know? And it like shaped everything. And then, not only from that, I just want to put this in your head. If you've got kids right now, make sure they're doing this shit. But you would decide then, Bods or Joes. And then from there, you would be like, okay, what's the scenario for playing with Joes? What figures are we going to do? And we would like write out, we would like pre produce the storyline. Like the setting, full story. what's happening, who are these characters, what character are their motives, histories. what's the uh, character histories, what's the backstory, what's the arc of the protagonist and antagonist. And it was like, it wasn't just like we get together, play for a little bit and then be done. It was like arcs of stuff. So like full story arcs when we would play, uh, and then it was like time to stop, like go eat dinner. We would like pull up our imaginary controllers and then press pause. Press pause. And then we would come Captain. back the next day after school and then press pause again and resume. For yeah. sometimes these things would last like weeks on end. These weeks. story arcs. Yep. God damn, I'm fucking feeling nostalgic right now. <laughs> yep. And by the way, the pause. Uh, I think we got that from Captain N cartoon. 
Yes. Well, I got it from you, who I think got it from. Oh, okay, I gotcha. think you brought it to our attention. Okay. Like, we should pause our stories. Yeah, we should pause them, you know, because your mom comes, she, you hear the door open and like a step on the stair. And then your mom yells, it's time to eat or dinner's ready or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at each other and you just pull out your imaginary controller, press pause. And then when you come back to what you're playing, everything's in the same spot and mm-hmm. you just continue and you do that day after day after day. For like two, three weeks. More likely, though, if I can just say, it yeah. was more likely the the door opening, the step on the stair, and then, Gordy, your mom's on the phone. <laughs> and it would be your mom calling you back home to do some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> well, you know, it was a it was a busy house. Someone yeah. had to like sweep the floors. Someone and... had to be all over twist under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I leave you with that. Um. Uh, this is the first entry into Saturday morning retrospective. These won't be like super long 90 minute podcasts. These are just going to be tidbits into our lives based on things that we grew up with and Mm -hmm. just a retrospective on the past of the eighties and nineties, just a wealth of stories. Um, What do you think about the past Gordy? The past is uh, it's behind us, but it's, it's pretty great. If you could go back Mm -hmm. to any one year and be like, you'd pull up your imaginary controller and you could just, and you would just morph back then. Oh, wow. That's such a loaded question. I want you to think about that and then we're going to discuss it in the next episode. Oh, I look forward to it. The next episode, which will be next month. Awesome. Can't wait. Gordy, speak us out. Speak us out. Uh, Please, sir. Three fallings (laughs) for a lump of shit. (laughs) 